you feel disgusted in yourself at the same time as being not joyful but ecstatic that you've had the you've driven yourself to that point I guess and that you can actually have that kind of control over your body and what you essentially are going to look like when you're finally thin. kind of almost a, a lack of sense like you're just not thinking about everything else and you kind of purging guilt and shame and anger and just a sense of being trapped but then you're also like it's a sense of control because you kind of feel a lack of control and you just it's a one place where because it's so secret and shameful you kind of just you've got grasp of this aspect of your life and you can control these things you're listening to the spoken project i'm sophie giles today it's kate's turn to speak Kate's 22 and studies landscape architecture at RMIT in Melbourne. She's one of those people you wish you could be. Not only is she really creative and can draw anything and make clothes out of a scrap of material, she's also super sporty and does extremely well at uni. But above all that, she's just a genuinely nice person. She's warm and friendly, gentle and humble. From the outside, Kate seems to have life all together. But the weird thing is, Kate doesn't see herself like this. From her perspective, life is really messy. You see, Kate has bulimia. Kate's lived with her eating disorder for a long time. She says she can remember first feeling self-conscious when she was eight years old and experimenting with dieting. But it was seven years ago now when she was 15 and at high school that she first started throwing her food up. I'd moved around a lot as a kid and I'd started at a new school and just felt pretty inadequate in like I'd proved myself in my old school academically but they kind of just wanted me to be me and I didn't really know what that was and I I kind of felt pretty lost in what I was doing and I think I I didn't realize I didn't know who I was I started finding other ways of feeling like pushing out my guilt and my lack of identity in places and rather than feeling sort of angry about different situations I'd purge and things like that. Kate managed to hide her bulimia from everyone at school and her family for years. When she finished school at age 17, in a somewhat radical move, she signed up to join the Air Force. Now that's pretty out there for someone who went to a Steiner school where they don't wear uniforms or do exams. Kate says she just wanted to push herself. It was one more thing to conquer to prove her worth. But the thing is, it didn't do anything for her eating disorder. I wound up in this place where I was forced to get really physically fit and drive myself to be this sort of machine and I was pretty good at being a machine in a way and just doing what I was told. I became pretty good at being polemic (laughs) and I hid it from people for five years and like I'd purge three times a day and nobody worked it out 
and then not only did I lose 25 kilos I kind of um found myself realizing that it had affected my bodies in other way and that my heart rate was a long way below average at 40 beats per minute and my um blood pressure was also ridiculously low I I gave myself varicose veins in my face and my eyes would get all bloodshot and I mean it was just a way of feeling kind of disgusted at yourself and feeling you had a reason to be sort of disturbed with yourself but not um not because of all the other things but because you were a bulimic Eventually, Kate was found out. She shared a dorm with other girls in the Air Force, and a couple of them started asking questions. They told a supervising officer they were worried about her, but Kate just kept telling everyone she was fine. Then one day, it all unravelled. We'd spent 12, no, 13 or 14 hours on a bicycle through the Blue Mountains, and... uh, (laughs) It had been a pretty physically intense day and we'd run out of food and things like that and when we got back everyone sort of dug in for a big hearty meal and as did I and then straight after I I went and purged and I was caught by the stuff that they'd told. I got got really angry with the girls, like I felt very betrayed by them, the ones that had told the officer and... I didn't really know who to trust. I just felt absurd, I guess, and I felt humiliated and a bit betrayed. So I kind of, even though we had a fairly stringent, like, fitness regime, I would sneak off to the gym in the middle of the night because I hadn't been able to purge up my lunchtime meal. I kind of just had to compensate for everything that I ate and I just became even more secretive and it's kind of hard to explain why but my sort of obsessive compulsiveness about it went to a whole nother notch because I had sort of almost a bigger challenge so I had to face another a different set of rules behind it I guess which almost perpetuated the problem more. Kate was in a pretty bad way by the end of her year in the Air Force, but there was a glimmer of hope. The year before, right before joining up to the Air Force, Kate had become a Christian. Kate's family had always spent the Christmas holidays at a seaside town called Malakuta near the Victorian and New South Wales border. When she was in high school, she met a group of Christians there. They ran events for the local youth and spent time with people. Kate said she'd never met people so genuine and loving to each other. Every year, she'd come back to the same place and they'd talk to her again about life and everything, including God. In her last year of high school, Kate was working on a major project. For whatever reason, she'd decided to write about women's experiences of faith in Australia. Looking back, Kate says she was probably searching and wondering what the point of it all was. Sometime before she became Christian, one of the girls from Malakuta invited her to a Christian event. It was some kind of worship rally. You know, the one where there's lots of singing and preaching and people get really excited. Kate says it was kind of weird, but right at the end, something really strange happened. 
something which has since changed her life. I was leaving at the end of the day and this, at the time I thought, quite crazy woman chased me out the door and she had a verse for me and she told me to underline it in my bible and I'm like okay fine whatever (laughs) and I did and I I kind of left it at that so this woman came running after you and you are thinking who is this woman what is going on but she tells you to hold on to this verse and what verse was it so it's Joel 225 I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else, and that my people shall never again be put to shame." I didn't actually find, like, it was not till two years later when I was sort of sitting in my bedroom feeling in that really low spot that I kind of just flicked open my book. I'm like, why is this underlined? I mean, my Bible. And I'm like, what is this? And I read through it and I'm like, and I just started crying then and there and I was like, whoa. It was bizarre. It was like, it talks about eating, but it also talks about like restoring to the years. And I I felt like I'd just been through so much hardship and I felt like not always like in life, but also just emotionally. And like, it just been this really hard time and I was in such a low place. And I realized God made this, has made a real promise to like restore to me the years. But that's not as weird as it gets I kind of was like whoa this is crazy I'm gonna look up like (laughs) I just do a google search (laughs) and I because I like I just wanted to know more about what this was and what God was telling me and like the fact that it resonated so strongly with where I was at I was just whoa this is crazy anyway first thing that pops up on google I opened and it was this woman who'd started up a centre for girls with eating disorders and she was telling her testimony which was just a complete reflection of um, how I felt about everything she was she talked about feeling feeling like sort of um, what is it Dr Jekyll Mr Hyde kind of this whole sort of dual personality where at one time you're sort of the sociable bubbly high achiever kind of you know pleases everybody but on the other side you kind of have this deep dark kind of emotional pit where you're purging your food and you just sort of yeah you're never good enough and you're never going to live up to sort of the expectations of not only other people but God and I kind of it was a it was just this insane moment where I was like, Whoa. you know, God is so real and the Spirit really works in my life. Toward the end of her time in the Air Force, Kate started seeing a psychologist. And when she returned to Melbourne to start uni, she started going along to a church and reading her Bible. Kate says things started to make sense as she grew in her faith and talked to her counsellor about what she'd been through. 
she sort of made me realise what almost what was normal and what was not because I didn't really have any idea like and she sort of gave me permission to feel hard done by and and like I'd never really felt bitterness or angry or um and so at the same time as like learning through the words of the psychologist I was learning through the words of God and I think like she really helped me in terms of finding what I was actually truly angry about even though I've never been able to express or identify them and then through that you can experience true forgiveness like you can't actually um yeah you you actually have to identify where you feel forsaken or um hurt or you know for instance I felt pretty um abandoned by my dad and let down every time he promised something and never achieved followed through and things like that but I just thought again that you know it's my fault for being too sort of heavily dependent on my dad and things like that but I was through my psychologist hearing that well actually I have every right to feel sort of annoyed and angry and then from God I was hearing like that you should forgive and it was kind of a very up and down period because it felt like this big roller coaster where you'd sort of heave yourself up into this um, sense of being truly angry and not suppressing it under the sort of superficiality of purging or um, doing well at school or um, being really high achiever or the most athletic or the best at everything rather actually fully experiencing it and then um, allowing yourself to give over those emotions to God and actually like almost taking on the problem and realising its full intensity not just burying it under everything and releasing it to God I guess through prayer and um, understanding yeah Kate's whole perspective on her bulimia has shifted since she became a Christian she's gone from feeling like a victim to feeling like she's not alone in her struggle anymore and she's totally confident in God's power to restore her. I kind of realise now that I never have to settle for second best. Like, I kind of almost had this expectation that I'd never be able to escape the sort of my past in a way. And I mean, I never will escape, essentially. I, will, I just have higher expectations because, yeah, I have higher expectations with everything because of that, really. And it, that my, yeah, my life is not going to be better through the things that I do and the achievements that I have, but actually through God's will and God's power. Yeah. You've been listening to The Spoken Project, produced by me, Sophie Giles, with music by Sarah Nagorka. And a big thanks to Kate Chalmers, who shared her story with us today. Don't forget to jump on our blog at thespokenproject.wordpress.com to share your story, to learn more of Kate's and to keep the conversation going. Catch you next month.